Now, the Buckeye Extra Podcast with Rob Aller, Bill Rabinowitz, and Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch. Hello, everyone. It's the eve of the Peach Bowl. We are uh, recording this on Friday, the eve of New Year's Eve. Uh, Ohio State getting ready to play Georgia in a college football playoff semifinal after five weeks of talking about the Michigan game, five weeks of talking about the college football playoff in Georgia. Uh, the game is not too far off, so talking season is almost over. Uh, it's Joey Coffin. I'm joined by Bill Rabinowitz and Rob Aller uh, for our final Peach Bowl preview podcast. Aren't we still kind of talking about the Michigan game? That might, <laughs> <it> might be <laughs> a week away. Yeah. Uh, I think more people are still as interested in the game part two, potentially. But there's a, a tough road to hoe for the Buckeyes to get to that point. Right, Joey? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the backdrop to all of this, is, is whether there's going to be Ohio State, Michigan, Part two, I saw Bill Bender from the Sporting News called it college ball Armageddon if uh, that happens, which was a pretty good line. Uh, so that's that's sort of what we're all waiting to see if that could possibly unfold. Uh, and, Bill, we've talked about this too. When Ohio State plays Georgia on Saturday night, they're going to know going into that game whether there's a, there's a chance for a rematch because Michigan and TCU play right. earlier in the day. Yeah, but it's funny that Ohio State players and coaches, and whenever you ask about the potential rematch, they like – Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. I mean, they do not even want to go there. And obviously, you know, they don't want to give any Baltimore material and they don't want to act like they're looking ahead. And why would you look ahead when you're number four playing number one? I mean, defending national champion undefeated. You know, Georgia's the the king of college football right now. And so, of course, your focus has to be on Georgia. But I also think they're human beings. And if they see that Michigan beats TCU... That will add motivation for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, it could add motivation. I guess it could add pressure. Could overthink uh, it too. They could overthink it. Um, who knows when guys are eighteen to twenty-one or anybody how you react. or twenty-five in the case of Stetson Bennett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that may be the new way of college football. Either leave after a year or two, or you stay about six years. Right? Um, Georgia is Michigan, but better. That's how I'd say it. Um, and so the way Ohio State played against Michigan, you know, kind of everything that could go wrong went wrong in that game. I guess you could put it that way. But, you know, in the trenches, Michigan, I think, was a little better. And Georgia's even better than Michigan in the trenches, which is where, you know, coaches like to say where the games are won. So that is why I picked uh, Georgia to beat Ohio State. And I think you guys also went the – Pick the dogs, correct? We the all DAWGS uh, dogs, not the underdogs. Right. I think I had Georgia thirty-eight, Ohio State thirty-one. I think Bill also had them at thirty-eight, thirty-eight, thirty-four. I think. Look, I mean, I, I've said this before. I'm just guessing. I mean, I'm not acting like I'm some expert with these predictions. I mean, I what? <laughs> you spoiled it for everybody. Why didn't you pick the local, the, the home team then? Because I'm not a homer. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Well, uh, I mean, if it's, I mean, it's look, awesome. You have to look objectively at this and say <laughs> Georgia should be favored. I mean, they're for all the reasons we've already talked about, they're really good. I mean, how many teams could lose five first-round picks from uh, on defense and still dominate the way they have? They're the number one run defense in the country. 
they're a terrific team. I don't think they're quite as good as last year. They might be a little bit better on offense. They're, uh, you know, not surprisingly, not quite as good on defense. Uh, I mean, I think there's several ways Ohio State can win. I mean, I give them, I give them a legitimate chance to win. I mean, two years ago, especially if we'd known who Ohio State was missing and who had been injured against Alabama, we'd have said no chance. They had no chance. They'd certainly have a chance against Georgia. I mean, I don't think Georgia is. You know, unbelievable. I just think they're better than everyone else I've seen this year. If Ohio State plays its best, it can match up against Georgia. Does Ohio State's absolute best beat Georgia's absolute best? I don't know. But Ohio State played about as badly as they can against Michigan. And it was still, even though it got out of hand at the end, it was an eight-point game with the midway through the fourth quarter. And, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. There were ten plays in that game. If any of them had gone the other way, it's a different game. But it went the way it went. You know, they picked a bad day to have a bad day. Yeah, I think the thing that stands out from, from Michigan even weeks later is we've seen Ohio State play well in the second half of games, I think have some resolve in the fourth quarter. You saw it against Notre Dame. You saw it at Penn State where they had to put up points in a hurry to come back and win that game. We didn't see it against Michigan. The, the wheels fell off the, the wagon there in the in the final 15 minutes and and things spiraled south and and this is a game where you're going to have to be able to to take some some body blows and and come back and deliver some counter punches of your own because Georgia's going to hit you and you're going to have to come back and and make plays and they're going to have to have that resolve in in the second half because there's no way you're just going to this is going to not be a, a game that goes all the way to the final whistle. Yeah I I think you know what's interesting about Georgia's offense is that like the leading receiver is a tight end. I mean, they don't have superstars. The fourth leading receiver is a tight end, too. Two yeah. out of the top four. And there's questions about the health of Lab McConkey. I mean, Georgia's got some questions. So this is not a team that's got, like, superstars everywhere. I think on defense, you know, some of them are young. They are they're extremely talented on defense, very fast. I mean, I think Ohio State's got a hard time running wide which they're usually able to do against inferior Big Ten competition. So they've got to be able to run a little bit between the tackles, which I think having Mayan Williams back, I think that will help them. He's kind of that kind of runner. Um, you know, you need to get stay on schedule, make it second and six, second and five, instead of second and nine or second and 12. I mean, that's, you know, Ohio State has to be that way. You can't let Georgia tee off on C.J. Stroud. But, you know, Ohio State skill position-wise, you look at C.J. Stroud, would you take him or Stetson Bennett? I'd take C.J. Stroud. Marvin Harrison over any of Georgia's receivers, of course. So, you know, Ohio State has some advantages in this game, but again, I think it really does go back to the trenches. I don't think Georgia's use of tight ends, though, is entirely – I think part of that, the fact that Brock Bowers is their leading receiver, I think is a feature of their offense, not a bug, oh, yeah, if yeah. you will, because what it does is it allows them to – to be in those two tight end sets, yeah, and they can run, they can run the ball out of it, and and teams might stack, put in more linebackers in the game. Well, if they throw out of it, then that's a mismatch. They I think they like, uh, so I think it makes them harder to defend because they could throw and run out of those the heavier personnel sets. This just popped in my head. I think a guy who could actually play a significant role in this game, especially if Georgia kind of goes tight end heavy, is like a guy like Cody Simon. Yeah, you know they could go more with with three linebackers and maybe have Tanner McAllister not play as much at the slot corner. Um, you know, it can be that kind of game for Ohio State. And so, um, look, I, I, you know, Georgia's deservedly the favorite, but I, I do think that Ohio State has a chance because I think they're they're talented enough. And I think the motivation factor, the, the getting a second chance factor, 
could be a big one for Ohio State. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the lack of a, of a running game, even though Williams is back, I try to look back at 2014 when, when Zeke you know, was the difference maker in that game. You look back at 2002 when, when Maurice Claret was a difference maker, not necessarily in that game, but in that season. And he actually did have some big plays in that game. So they lack that. Ohio State lacks that a little bit. Uh, we'll see if if Williams is a hundred percent. But we what we really haven't talked about is the whether it factors in or not. Is what do you expect the crowd to be? Sixty forty Georgia. I'm guessing. Two thirds uh, Georgia. Two thirds Georgia. And how is Ohio State done in those situations where they where the crowd has been? Uh, it has not totally gone well for them. Well, they did fine. Uh, LSU. They get they got beaten. The, was, in the, LSU was a better team. National. Yeah, but right. Well, so is Georgia. That gets us my point. Alabama in 14 was in their backyard at the Sugar Dome. Yeah. Yeah. Superdome. Sugar Dome. Sugar Dome. Sugar Dome. Yeah, I they don't face it a lot, honestly, Ohio State, where the crowd is. But it's why their record against SEC teams in bowl games is not great. It's 2-11 and because you're typically going down south where they have the pretty big disparity in tickets. I do think it's going to be – not too far off a, a split crowd. I think 60-40 seems about mm-hmm. right to me because Ohio State sold out its allotment. Georgia sold out its allotment. And you have a, if I think Atlanta's a big enough city where you just have a lot of Ohio State grads here in general because they're, they're jobs in a city like this. Uh, the Alumni Association said they're about close to 8,000 Ohio State alumni uh, in the state of Georgia. So you need all those people to buy tickets and, and give them to their friends. But it still, I think, will be a, a pretty heavy Georgia crowd. And Ohio State was piping in crowd noise at practice this week. So it clearly is an expectation that there are going to be a, a pro-Georgia crowd, at least to some degree. Ohio State's had success at Penn State, you know, and that's as intimidating an environment as you'll ever see. I mean, I do not think that, that tomorrow night's crowd – is going to be anything like that, as hostile as that. No. Um, I mean, that for those who haven't been to, to State College, experience one of those, even if it's not a whiteout, you know, the pom-poms and the, the noise and all that stuff, it is, it's a really tough place to play. And Penn State's a good enough team that it can matter. And so, you know, Ohio State hasn't lost their, you know, the 16 game, which was kind of fluky, the, the punts, the, the, the block kicks. Um, so, no. And I think that it actually plays into the psychology of Ohio State, the us against the world, the Ohio against the world thing, to think that they're the road game and nobody gives them a chance. They're, they're playing that to the hilt, as they should. You know, I mean, they'll probably note that the the writers are picking Jordan. We didn't give them a chance. Well, I, I, you know, look, you, know, you can't say, give me 10 predictions on how the game, you get one prediction, you say, this is what I, you know, I think it's going to happen. But, you know, yeah. I, you know, gotta, you got to couch it. That's what I did. I, I think, um, yeah, you do. I mean, it's not like I think this. This is you think mismatch. it's a blowout. Admit it. <laughs> yeah, thirty-eight, thirty-four blowout. Would you pick a <laughs> uh, three-point game? I think or four-point game, thirty-four, thirty, something like that. Okay, Georgia. Right. I didn't have a blowout. Um, yeah. I, I don't see Ohio State. You know, we find to comb this stuff. I don't see Ohio State blowing out Georgia. I don't really see Georgia blowing out Ohio State. But if it went one way, I would. Think that it would go George's way if it's a two touchdown, you know, 10, 14 point game, something like that, even more, it would be probably in George's favor. Here you will be shocked. Here's a question I think we've all gone on record, I guess, is picking George to win. What would 
you need to see happen for Ohio State to win? Well, I think the first thing is they have to protect C.J. Stroud and give him time to throw. If you give C.J. Stroud time to throw and the receivers time to, to get separation, which they really didn't do very well against Michigan. So that's that's an issue because um, Georgia is very athletic. Keely Ringo, and, and it's a very talented secondary. I think, look, that's Ohio State's bread and butter. And if they can't count on that, they're going to be in trouble. You know, I, I don't think on defense that Ohio State is facing you know, like horrible mismatches. I mean, Brock Bowers is a talented guy. They've got to account for that. But I think they've got the players that they can do that. Um, I, they need to run some to keep them honest. But I think if you say one thing that they've got to do, it's protect Stroud and, and you know, get the passing game going. Yeah, I, that's, that's pretty clear. I talked to Jim Knowles yesterday. I said, how do you defend CJ? How would you defend this team? He said, well, there's a couple ways to do it. But one way is to just man up, get in their face, and take away options. Georgia, most teams don't have that ability. Right. Georgia has that ability. Yeah, right. So if Georgia just sort of gets up in the face of, you know, a Harrison or whatever and just doesn't get them, let them get out there, that could cause a problem for C.J. Stroud. We'll see. I would I would say, just to be different, uh, secondary, you know, your pass defense, which has right. been the issue all – we're broken True. record here all season. Preseason, we talked about that. It's been a disappointment. I think we could all say, guys, you know, Burke – or guys that we didn't that I thought would I thought he'd be the MVP of the defense, uh, and he has not been that. So it was a problem against Michigan, uh, combined with some some suspect coaching decisions. So that has to be on to answer your question. What has to happen? I think everything just has to fall Ohio State's way, and I think guys need to play loose and play like they did. They need to almost think of Georgia as being Rutgers. In a sense, and just playing like you you have as much or more talent and just let it let it ride and then hope you get some breaks. Yeah, I, I think Bill let it off well as far as the protection for C.J. Stroud, but I think the guy that they really need to handle is, is Jalen Carter because <laughs> he's, I think, and I think it's a big deal for Ohio State that, that Matt Jones is at full strength. Bill, you talked to him, I think, yeah, yesterday at media day, but he's uh, – Nobody's a full strength at this point, especially at this point it's in the, the season. Best he's felt since training camp. He told me, but yeah, yeah, but he's somebody. I mean, if if you don't block him and he just he okay. he can blow up stuff, you're not going to run the ball. You're not going to be able to pass. I mean, that's I think that's assignment number one: figuring out a way to to not have him disrupt things. Because if it's a case where it's first down and the Ohio State's running the ball and Mayan Williams is stuffed for a loss and you have second and 13 they're they're in trouble if, yeah. if, if they're facing some real third and longs and we've seen that at times this year where especially i remember at penn state where they got stuffed early in drives and you're putting cj stroud in a spot where it's third and 10 and the defense can rush and, and that's where protection starts to to break down so so blocking jalen carter feels like priority number one in this game the other thing is they have to convert the short the third and shorts you know that's been an issue this year uh, they can't get behind the chains, but they also, when they get to third run, third and two, they can't get cute all the time. You know, they got burned on fourth and whatever it was, fourth and one or fourth and two, against Michigan when they tried to pass the Cade over, and it was just off and, you know, change of possession. you got to be able to run the ball and get those tough yards, and that's where having Mayan Williams, I think, does help them. He is that kind of runner. 
And let's you know not forget against Michigan, they didn't really have either either of their top runners. Trayvon's obviously out, and Ryan Williams was he tried to play, but really he said he was pretty good. limited. Yeah, be, I mean, he hurt his ankle two weeks before that, which and then didn't play against Maryland. Comes back, he's only gets eight carries against Michigan. Couldn't cut the way he he wants to. So if they could just get a running game that could keep them on schedule on drives, get yards early and downs, and get short yardage, forget just explosive runs and, and those big plays. If they could at least do those two things, that, that would set up, I think, their pass game to have much better success. And I think the fact of the matter is you're going to need to make some some big throws, some explosive plays. It feels like it needs to be. If they're going to have a chance to win, you need C.J. Stroud to, to play like a guy who was up for the Heisman Trophy for, for most of the season, have a signature type of performance. Uh, talking to Kevin Wilson earlier in the week, he, he made the point that when you get to this level of the season in, in the college football playoffs, semifinals, finals, these aren't 17 to 13 games. It's 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 You're typically scoring in the 30s and – they scored 23 points against Michigan. Didn't score a touchdown in the second half. They're going to need to to make some some big plays through the air because that's where they're most dangerous on offense. Hey, you look at the the college football playoff semifinals. I was looking these numbers up this morning. the The average score for the the average point total for the winning team has been 39 points in the semis. So yeah. they're going to need to figure out a way to to make big plays, and that's the one distinct advantage Ohio State has. It's it's they have CJ Stroud, who's a top ten potentially NFL draft pick, and you have Marvin Harrison Jr. who's could be the same in in twenty four. You know, I was looking at this as you're talking about that. Um just in my history of, of covering these games and watching these games, it's cliche coach speak, but your best players have to be your best players. And that didn't happen against Michigan. You know, Harrison dropped the ball, Kate Stover and yet, you know, in the 2014 game, the best players were the best players. Yeah. I mean, Zeke and, and uh, in the 2002 title game, same thing. So in the biggest games, the guys who you count on can't just – they can't have an off game. To back on your C.J. Stroud thing, C.J. Stroud has to be as good – he has to be at his best. Anything less than what he has done again in his best performances doesn't get it done. And then not even just a – play back you probably can't even have a b game because people right. have talked about cj stroud in the, in the michigan game and I, and I think the defense for him has always been i think it's a fair defense that he, well he hasn't cost them those games he hasn't it's not his fault that he lost them and it's and that's that's true he, i think he played well both years against michigan but sometimes to win rob as you said you need sort of a herculean effort to mm-hmm. win from your from your best player which is tricky because they don't want to make it too big no. they don't want it to put too much pressure on just do your job be your you hear it's this sort of tension of not right. trying we, to be superman or herculean but you just kind of have to be with again you, you it's rutgers you have to play as if you're playing Rutgers yeah. and knowing with that confidence that you can do what you need to do. I mean, we saw a superhuman, superman-type performance from Justin Fields when they beat yeah. Clemson in that, in that semifinal two years ago. He yeah. takes the shot in the ribs early on in, in, in the game and comes back, and I think he threw six touchdowns. Yeah, 49-28. I was thinking about that game. Uh, you know, it's kind of a reference point for what Ohio State needs to do. They were highly motivated for that game. Obviously, after losing that heartbreak of the year before, um, yeah. I, look, I think Ohio State. Sometimes people over or kind of take for granted Ohio State. Sound. This is a very talented team. You look at guys on their on their defense. JT Tuomolo Al is is as good a 
defensive end as there is, really. I mean, we saw what we did against Penn State. He's got to have a big game. Zach Harrison has been disruptive this year. Um, you know, except for the cornerbacks, and that's been a, a legitimate issue, the defense has been pretty airtight this year. There have been some breakdowns occasionally. Uh, but, you know, Lathan Ransom gives them a, a presence in, as a safety uh, very instinctive guy. Didn't didn't have a good game against Michigan, but um, overall a very good player. I mean, I could sense talking to him the motivation that he feels. Uh, this is a highly motivated team. You know, I think if they were playing anybody else in the semifinal, I'd like their chances a lot. The fact that it's Georgia, the best team in the country all year, makes it you know probably at best a toss up game. And, yeah, and, and especially never, Georgia's defense too. And but, never forget why the seeding matters. You know, I talk about seating doesn't really matter. Seating well, matters. I, this year it matters. Oh, yeah. You definitely wanted it to be two or three because yeah, you don't want to face Georgia. you want to face Georgia. And you didn't want to face Alabama. You know, and, and you didn't want to play LSU two years ago. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. yeah so, just, yeah. I mean, the top seeds are six and two. Right. In, well, the, in the semifinal. Ohio State's one of the fours that won in 14. You know, they were, you know, some of these fours have been, I think Washington was one year. Cincinnati was last year. Look, those teams didn't have a chance. Oklahoma in Oklahoma 19. no defense. They didn't have a chance. Right. You know, Ohio State is not a typical number four seed. And they got – and in 14, to be fair, the one wasn't a typical one. That was not – That was that, not a that, vintage. That was not an incredible team. And Oregon really wasn't – Right. It was flashy. But right. It, it, and we've been spoiled a little bit as college football fans to have the, what, 19 LSU, to have the right. 20 – Alabama, right. some, some all-time yeah, all you know, yeah. generationally good teams. And I don't see this Georgia. Maybe the best hope for Ohio State is this is not a generationally great no. Georgia team. I'll draw the analogy to, to Ohio State getting to play Miami in 20, 2002 as opposed to Miami in 2001, which was one of those all-time great teams. And I think yeah. it was Nebraska they played, and they just crushed them. Right. I mean, just it was like name the score. And that gave Miami a false sense of confidence going into the Ohio State game. I think here's the other thing that I find fascinating about this matchup, and I think it's something if you're an Ohio State fan, I would imagine you'd, you'd be thinking about this too. But if they win this game, don't you think they could win it all? Because oh, no, because yeah. this is this, this is, is this is this is the harder test. No doubt. I think yeah. that's the 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 feeling you have to. It's probably why Ohio State players and coaches can't go there because no, uh, no. this is the hardest test. But if you do get through it, it feels like you have a national championship on on, on uh, at your fingertips. Especially yeah. TCU, I think. I think yeah. you, the, yeah. if you're an Ohio State fan, that you know you're a little scared of Michigan for whatever reason. You know, the people I talked to over you know Christmas holiday break was well. The easier path is TCU. I mean, yeah, an all-time legendary game against Michigan, but we'll take TCU because we want to win it all. And, and that's a sure do you want to be? Do I'm you, not so sure it is uh, because you. Well, we'll save that for if it yeah. is Michigan. Yeah. But you know what you did wrong against Michigan. Right. TCU's right. an unknown. I didn't think that it, that it would be. It's, it's weird to even say this, and hollow is not the right word, but it would be. Missing something if they won the national championship without beating Michigan. I think beating Michigan to win the national championship is more meaningful to them than beating TCU to win the national championship. Well, I don't know. I don't know, but I think your goal is to win it. Your goal is to win it. Yes, I get it. But Michigan would be able to say, well, we have still bragging rights. We beat you. 
You know, was yeah. it Ohio, if Michigan State right. faced them for everything in an even bigger game, well, that again, would erase that. Well, yeah. again, we can't go there. No, but we'll go there. We can, only, we'll only go on this. If Michigan, if they play and Michigan wins, oh, that's Armageddon. The last that is Armageddon for Ohio State because the last twenty years are meaningless. Zero. Yeah. Urban Meyer, Trestle, all the good that came from that is gone because you. This is a total different thing. So we'll touch that then. And if Ohio State wins, then the last two years losing to Michigan's meaningless. So there's a lot on the line. Yeah, certainly no shortage of narratives when uh, things unfold Saturday night. Thanks as always for for sticking with us on the Buckeye Extra Football Podcast. It's been a newsy, eventful Ohio State football season, especially the last uh, month as. The Buckeyes cope with a he lost to Michigan and get a second life, and we'll see how they take advantage of it when kickoff comes New Year's Eve, a little past eight at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in, in downtown Atlanta. Stay tuned to this podcast feed for, for more coverage in the following days following the game, and for preview content, visit Dispatch.com as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure and subscribe to the Buckeye Extra podcast in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or on Stitcher.